0: In Matthew chapter 2, the wise men came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he that is born who? King of the Jews. For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. At the top of that tree tonight, what do you see? Let's say that again. How many points does that star have? Five points. And those five points on the star tell the story of Christmas. Will you listen carefully? A man and his little girl were walking home from the cemetery. They had just been out to the grave where the little girl's mother was buried. And they were heartbroken and hurt and discouraged. And as they walked along hand in hand, it was getting dark. And the first stars were coming out. And as they walked in the twilight and then into the darkness, the sky was beautiful that night with all the radiant stars in all their glory. And the little girl took hold of her daddy's hand and said, Daddy, look how beautiful all those stars are. And daddy said, Yes. Yes, honey. And just think, that's our side of heaven. The little girl thought a minute. She said, Daddy, you mean that's the wrong side of heaven? Well, Daddy said, yes, that's our side of heaven. That's the wrong side of heaven. And that little girl said, Daddy, Daddy, if the wrong side of heaven is so beautiful, how beautiful is the right side of heaven? And you see, those stars tell the story of heaven. And they still tell the story of Christmas. And for just a minute, I want to tell you about the five points of that star. The first point stands for Satan. Satan? What's Satan got to do with Christmas? Well, in the long, long ago, Satan was a bright and morning star. The Bible calls him Lucifer, the light of the morning. And he rebelled against God. He said, I want to be God. And do you know that ever since that day, men and women and boys and girls have been saying, I want to be God. I don't want God to tell me what to do. I want to do what I want to do. I want to tell God what to do. I want to tell everybody else what to do. I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. And that's what Satan said. And he rebelled against God. And God had to cast him out of heaven. Satan rebelled. And when Satan was cast out of the throne of God, Satan had access to the mind's of men and women and boys and girls. God had made a wonderful creation. He had crowned that creation after he had made the kangaroos and the elephants and all those things. He crowned the creation by making man. He called the first man Adam and the first woman Eve. And Adam and Eve had a paradise of God. You think this Christmas tree is beautiful? It's nothing compared with the garden where Adam and Eve lived. They lived in a beautiful garden where there was nothing evil. Nobody ever got sick and there was no sin and there was no rebellion. And one day, Satan, in all of his rebellion, came. And we learn the second point of that star when we understand that Satan introduced into the minds of Adam and Eve, sinned. Because not only had Satan rebelled against God, but God led Eve and then Adam to rebel against God. And Satan said, hey, Adam, Eve, God knows the day you eat that tree, that fruit, you're going to be just like God. You can just do whatever you want to do. And so Adam and Eve, began to eat that fruit. You see, boys and girls and men and women, God said, don't do it. Man said, I'm going to do it anyway. Man rebelled against God, and that rebellion was sin. I want to ask you something. Is there anybody in this room tonight who has never sinned? You see, sin is doing things that are wrong. Taking a pencil that doesn't belong to you, taking a penny that doesn't belong to you, taking somebody's reputation, gossiping about them, talking back to mom and dad, doing whatever is wrong. God says that sin is bound up in our hearts, in our minds, and men sin because they want to. They sin because they're born into sin. They are sin because they're selfish. And that's the story of you and me. Is there anybody here tonight who can say, I have never sinned, not one single time in my life? Nobody. There's a little boy over there that says, I've never sinned. Maybe he doesn't understand what sin is. You see, sin is doing things that are wrong. How many of us would have to say, yes, I have sinned? Lift your hand. See, moms and dads and aunts and uncles and grandmas and grandpas and boys and girls, every one of us, see, we've all sinned. All right, put your hands down. That's the second point of that star. The third point, God had a plan. God had a plan where the rebellion of Satan and the rebellion of sin in man's heart could be overcome by His Son. His Son is the third point of that star, the Savior. And on a night of nights in Bethlehem of Judea, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law. That's what we've been singing about tonight. That's what this choir told us all about. That's what the bus pastors told about. That's what you sang about a while ago when you sang Jesus, baby Jesus. There's a cross along the way. Born to die for sinners, born for crucifixion day. Jesus came to die for you and me. Several years ago, I went down to Eddyville Penitentiary. I walked down through death row. There were seven men waiting to die for their crimes. I went down to where the electric chair was, and I sat in that electric chair, and the warden put those things over my arms and over my chest and over my legs, and I was fastened in that electric chair. He said, he stood over by the switch, and he said, Preacher, where you're sitting, 120 men have died for their crimes. And I tried to think, how would it be like to be guilty? To know that I deserved to die. And in a moment they'd pull that switch and I'd be out into eternity. And then suppose, just suppose somebody would come down that long hall and say, wait a minute, warden, wait a minute. And he'd say, Richard, if you'll let me, I'll take your place. If you'll let me, I'll take your place. You can get up and go free and I'll get in that electric chair and die for you. Now, boys and girls and men and women not many people would do that but that's what Jesus did that's what Jesus did Jesus came to be my sin substitute to be your sin substitute because you see every one of us has sinned and the Bible says the wages of that sin is death in hell I don't care how pretty you are how handsome you are what good clothes you wear what kind of a house you live in wherever you are whatever your job is there is sin eating away at the cancer of your heart and it will tear you apart and take you down 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 to a devil's hell forever separated from God and we cannot understand Christmas without understanding what sin has done and we cannot understand Christmas without understanding that the Savior the Son of God came to be the answer for sin Jesus Went to that cross. You see the cross on the Christmas tree. He went to that cross. And they drove the nails in his hands and the spear in his side. They put a crown of thorns on his brow. The son of God died on a tree. For For you. For you. For you. For you. For me. He died that we might be saved. And if we're willing to open our hearts to him, he'll save us. That's the fourth point on that cross, on that crown, a star. The fourth point is salvation. We've seen about Satan. We know about sin. And we know that God sent his son. But his son came that we might be saved. Now, young boy, sit down. One of you men help this little boy sit down. Sit down right there. Just sit down. Now, sit down. Well, then go quickly. Nobody moving around in here. Moms and dads, wait at the doors, please. Nobody move. Just freeze where you are. Don't anybody else move. Jesus came to be the answer to the sin problem. He came to be the answer to your problem. And when he died, he died to give us salvation and forgiveness. And it's all bound up in Jesus. You know, sometimes we get the idea that you can be forgiven by just going and saying, Now lay me down to sleep. I pray thee, Lord, my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray thee, Lord, my soul to take. Now that's a pretty little prayer, but that won't get you to heaven. Nor can you be saved by just saying, hey, God, I I sinned. I goofed. I'm sorry I did it. That doesn't save you. You see, salvation involves a payment for your sin. And Jesus became that payment for sin. He died on a cross for you. I should have been crucified. You should have been crucified. It was your sins that put him there. Do you know that? Yours right there. It was your sins, Ricky, that put Jesus on that cross. Yours and mine. I helped you do it. It was our sins that nailed him there. And while he was dying on a cross, he looked into the face of God the Father, and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And that day, God issued... A pardon to everybody who would receive Jesus and that's the last point in that star security he gave a pardon so that anybody any man any woman any boy any girl anywhere who would come to Jesus would be secure from the penalty of sin and secure in heaven that little girl said daddy if the wrong side of heaven's so pretty, how beautiful the right side must be. Do you know the only way you're going to get to heaven? Is to put your trust in Jesus. Invite him to come into your heart and be your Savior. And you could do that tonight, right here, right now. If you're willing to say, Jesus, I know I have sinned. And I know that Christ died for me. And I want to invite him to come into my heart. When you do that, you will be completing the five points in that Christmas star. Let's close our eyes in prayer, please. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Now, nobody looking around. Just close your eyes right there, everybody. There's some of you in this room. If you died tonight, you'd be lost, you'd spend eternity separated from God. And God doesn't want you to be lost. He wants you to be saved. And if you're willing, He'll save you right now. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. I want to tell you exactly how to be saved. With your clo- eyes closed, listen. Will you pray what I pray? It's a prayer telling Jesus that you're a sinner. And asking Him to pardon you. Not for your sake, but for Jesus' sake. And a willingness to repent of sin. To turn away from your sin and to turn to Jesus. Will you do that right now? You pray what I pray right in your heart. Dear Jesus... I know I've sinned I'm sorry for my sins I call on Jesus right now to forgive me and save me in Jesus name I remain with your head bowed and eyes closed I wonder how many in this room tonight could say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer just now. And I'm asking Jesus to come into my heart and be my Savior. I want Jesus as my Lord. Would you lift your hand if you just now ask Jesus to come into your heart and be your Savior? Thank you. Hands down. Is there somebody else anywhere? I just now asked Jesus to come into my heart and be my Savior. Did you pray that? All right. God bless you. While all of our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you ask Jesus just now to come into your heart, I want to ask you to do a hard thing. I'd like to ask you to just get up from where you are and come and stand by me. If you meant business with Jesus, you said, Jesus, I want you to come into my heart and be my Savior. If you really meant it, just get up and come and stand by me right now. Is there somebody? God bless you. And just stand here with your head bowed and eyes closed. If you've just now asked Jesus to come into your heart. Just stand here with your head bowed and eyes closed. Now, I mean, you've never done this before. But you're right now asking Jesus to be your Savior. You want him to forgive your sins. and You want him to come into your heart and be your Lord. Would you just get up and come and stand by me? Is there another? we we'll wait just a minute. Is there somebody else? If you've heard Jesus speak to your heart tonight, and you know you need him, would you like to ask him to come in? God bless you. Is there somebody else? Wait just a minute. Is there another? While we remain in prayer, I wonder if there's somebody here tonight who would like to say, I need to give more of my life to Jesus than I've given before. And at this Christmas season, I want to say, Jesus, I want you to use me. I've had some sins get in my life, and I'm sorry for them. I want you to forgive me. I want to give my life more fully to you than I've given before. I want to rededicate my life to Christ. Would you get up and come and stand here with these? Is there somebody like that? That's right. Just get up from where you are and come and stand by me. You want to rededicate your life to Jesus. Is there somebody else? God bless you. Is there another? Now, while we remain in prayer, I wonder if there's a mother or daddy here tonight or an aunt or an uncle or a friend or a young person or a teenager or an adult or a university student who would like to say, I want Jesus to control my life. I want to have the kind of godly Christian home that my boys and girls can grow up in serving the Lord. I want Jesus to control my life and my heart and my home. I want to give him more of me. Would you just get up and come and stand here? We're going to have a prayer in a moment. A prayer of commitment. Is there somebody else that would come? I feel like surely there's an adult here tonight who has heard God speak to your heart I realize the focus has been on children but we're all children some of us are grown children and others are little children but if God spoke to you tonight will you let him have his way some man some woman I want Jesus to control my life my heart, my home. I want God to control Satan in my life. I want God to control sin in my life. I want the Son of God to be King of my life. I want the salvation of the Lord to be obvious through my life. And I want to thank Him for the security that is in Jesus. Is there somebody else that would come? I want our organist and pianist to, s- to find that song, I have decided to follow Jesus. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. And would you, with your head bowed and eyes closed, just stand and join these who have come in singing, I have decided to follow Jesus. Stand where you are. And if God has impressed anyone else that you ought to come, you come. While we sing from our hearts, I have decided to follow Jesus. Is there another that ought to come? Just step out from where you are. Let's sing it with our heads bowed. Somebody will be glad to move out of your way. Would you come?